God is good, isn't he? Everyone shout praise the Lord real good right now. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to get right into the word of the Lord. I just wanted to take a moment and welcome you all back home. It feels good to be back in the house, right? It has been a long trying season. I think it's been about nine or ten weeks since we've been in this building. And um, we're better than we were before this happened. Can you say amen to that? God is good and he's good all the time. I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. I'm going to get right into the word of the Lord. Before I do, wasn't praise and worship incredible today? Thank God for our praise and worship team. Gino and Jamie specifically, thank you for your diligence, your discipline, and your hard work during this season. You guys have been absolutely amazing. And then I really want you to give it up as well for our media team. Haven't they done an amazing job in the last few months? We thank God for them, and we welcome Braden. You'll, you'll get to meet Braden soon enough. Many of you already know him. Well, if you have Acts chapter 2, say amen. Good. Acts chapter 2, we're going to read verses 1 through 6. Man, we had a good service this morning. Pentecost Sunday. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. Well, I sure missed y'all. The parking lot services were good, though, weren't they? We had a lot of fun in the parking lot, but it feels good to be back in in the house. I'm just taking my time. I'm just feeling y'all out. Acts chapter 2. Pentecost. Verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in what? One place. They were with what? One accord and what? One place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all Filled. How many were filled? All filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God fearing Jews, from, if you've got your Bibles, which I don't, we, people don't bring Bibles to church anymore, right? Would you bring your smart device? So I was going to say underline that, but you can't do that. So highlight it. Highlight this. Okay. Now there was staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. How many nations? Every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Each one heard their own language being spoken. I'm going to preach a message this morning entitled, Watch Your Language. Can you say that with me? Watch your language. To all of us who are watching online, I welcome you today and right there in your living room or wherever you are, look at your wife, your children, or your dog or cat. 
But say with us one more time, everyone, watch your language. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We ask you to do something dynamic, something demonstrative among us today. We pray, God, you do not just challenge us and charge us, but literally change us by the power of the Holy Spirit. We celebrate you today, and we thank you for all you've done. Thank you for keeping us during this season, the last few months, and we're so excited about our future. Have your way in Jesus' name. And everyone said, praise the Lord. Amen. Let's talk just for a moment. Today is the birthday of the church, right? Today is the birthday of the church. So when something is born, it is very special. But for something to be born, many things have to transpire. And one of the things that have to happen is it has to be pushed out. Many people do not know the price that was paid before the church was born. Because before there was a church born, there was a Savior that died. I'm going to say it again. Before there was a church that was born, there was a Savior that was crucified. I said this morning, and I'll say again, that it is said that the average Christian and the average church is somewhere bogged down between Calvary and Pentecost. They have been to Calvary for the pardon of their sins, but they've not been to the upper room for the power of the Holy Spirit. Bethlehem means God with us. When you think of Bethlehem, you think of Emmanuel, God with us. Calvary means God is for us. But Pentecost means God is in us. Hmm. Someone once said that Pentecost marks the rounding of the Christian church as an institution. The rounding as the, of the Christian church ad, as an institution. Pentecost. This day is said to mark the dividing line between the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Pentecost. The question is, is Pentecost an event or is it an experience? It's both. Pentecost is an event because it is the celebration of what is referred to as the celebration of weeks. Actually, seven weeks and a day. There's the Feast of Tabernacles, Feast of Passover, and the Feast of Pentecost. Therefore, Pentecost is annual. It's an event. Are y'all with me? It's an event because it's on the calendar. It's an event because it is predictable. You know when it's going to happen on a recurring basis. But I want to challenge you today to take you to another level of thinking and tell you it's not only an event, but it is an experience. And it is an experience that is not predictable. It is an experience that is not on the calendar. It is an experience that is not 
natural, it is supernatural. Pentecost as an experience is a day when everything changes in your life. So when Paul shows up at a certain region, he asks the people, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? In other words, you've been to Calvary, but have you been to the upper room? You've received forgiveness, but do you have the power? See, my fear is that we are living in a season and a time and a generation that Paul told Timothy about. That there would be a generation that would have a form of godliness, but they would deny the power thereof. So my question is, if we were born with it, what have we done with it? If the church was born in power, if the church was born in signs and wonders, if the church was born with a significant uh, enablement from God to cause difference in the earth, then why have we walked away from what we have been born with? Psalm uh, 11.3 says these words, if the foundations be destroyed, then what shall the righteous do? So if we can't remember where we came from and how we arrived, then we'll never figure out where we're going. Talk back to me. So the church was born on a day that was demonstrative. I just read to you. There was tongues of fire. There's rushing mighty wind. There's a sound happening. All these things transpiring on the day of Pentecost. It's interesting to me that we have walked so far away from where we came from. Yes, it's an event, but more than anything, it's an experience. Can you say amen to that? I told you when I started, verse 6 is very important to us today because the Bible says that the people that were there on Pentecost heard their own language being spoken. Now, I'm going to be very transparent with you, very vulnerable with you. This morning at 4.15, I sat at my desk like I do every Sunday morning and began to pray. Talk to God about this service. Lord, we're coming home. Would you blow the roof off today? Would you do something ridiculous among us today that we had to walk out that building and say God was in that place? Would you do that? And then my mind went into this whole idea of consideration. Where are we as a nation? I don't know if it was a mistake or the leading of the Holy Ghost. But I turned on the news. And I see buildings burning down. Violence in the streets. Rioting. Can I tell you that's looting and stealing and destroying property? Is illegal, it's a crime and it's wrong. It's wrong. 
Can I tell you that when you put your knee in the neck of a man till you kill him, that that's murder? What are you saying, Pastor Rick? I'm saying our nation is all messed up. Hello? We're all messed up. My mind went back to the church. My mind went back to this day. This is how we were born. The church was born right here in Acts chapter 2. And I heard the Holy Spirit tell me, watch your language. Did your mama ever used to tell you that? When you were coming up, boy, you better watch your language. Have you ever heard that from an authority figure? You better watch your language. In other words, pay attention to what you're saying. But it's more than that. Pay attention to how you are saying it. See, language is a system of communication within a community. A system of communication within a community. Language is structuring words in such a way to clearly communicate language. The structuring of words in a way to clearly communicate. That's language. Are y'all hearing me? Dialect has to do with language, but it's a particular form of using language. And when you're speaking it in your region, your people understand you. If you speak it in another region, people may not understand you, but they can often detect where you're from. Woo, preach here, Pastor Rick. I'm going to say it again. They can often detect where you are from by your dialect, by how you say what you say. I can't tell you how many times I've stepped off this platform and visitors be here and come up to me and meet me in the connect room and say, you must be from Louisiana. How you know that? <laughs> Called it T-I-E-S. People pick up our dialect. People pick up on our language. Are y'all with me so far? So I look back at the text, and every preacher in America this morning is going to have to address Acts chapter 2. Now, they may not speak in tongues, run around the building, and have a Hammond B3 in the corner. But they're going to talk about Acts chapter 2 because it's the day of Pentecost today. And I've always preached on what's obvious, that they were all together in one place, in one accord. And how the word accord means not unity, but harmony. It doesn't mean playing the same note, but it means playing three notes to make one chord. Harmony is the highest expression of unity. And we could preach that today, coach. We could preach on it takes diversity to create harmony. Jesus prayed, Lord, make them one 
in John 17, as you and I are one, he didn't say, Lord, make them the same. If they're the same, it's unison. Unison is never as, as powerful as harmony. We need to hear your sound because without your sound, we have unison. And unison is narrow. But when you add other notes to the chord, it becomes more effective. It becomes more pleasing. Are y'all in the building? So we could preach on suddenly there was a sound. They were one place, one accord. Or we could talk about that sound and how that throughout Scripture, God has used sound to do a thing. When David said, I heard the sound of the rushing in the tops of the mulberry trees. And we could talk about how powerful it is when the word tops means headship. When leaders start speaking the same thing. In the tops of the mulberry trees. The sound of going. Denoting the idea when, when leadership and headship says the same thing, stuff starts moving. But when you have confusion, con is against fusion is the weld. When you have confusion in the dialect and the dialogue, you're going nowhere. So there's suddenly a sound, suddenly. Oh, we could preach on that, couldn't we? How that in a moment God can show up and change everything. Suddenly there was a sound of the choir of angels singing glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill toward men. That God is about to do some suddenlies in our life. And I heard the Lord tell me the word suddenly literally means unexpected stuff. What are you going to do when God shows up and does something so great for you that you didn't expect it? I'm, I came by to tell you to open your faith big enough to believe that God can do not only what you expected, but he can do what you did not expect. And I got a feeling that this is the year that God's going to do unexpected stuff in our life. Man, we could preach Acts chapter 2, right? They were in one place, one accord. Suddenly, there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind. In the Greek, it's pneuma. It's when the Holy Spirit exhales its breath. It's when the Holy Spirit breathes in a certain place. And God has a way of noting certain places. That God can do one thing in this place and not be doing the same thing in another place. And the difference is one place has unity, harmony, one accord. Believing God for something great. Suddenly there's a sound of a rushing mighty wind. Wind, pneuma, exhale. It's when the Holy Spirit breathes in a room or breathes on a people or breathes in a place or breathes in the valley of dry bones. When a prophet walks in a valley and all he sees is stuff scattered everywhere, kind of like America right now. And the prophet cries out, Lord, can these bones live? And God says to him, can they live? And the prophet says, you are the only one that knows. And then God speaks to the prophet and he says, prophesy to the wind. 
and tell it to blow on these bones because we will never erase segregation without God breathing on what has been separated. We will never see this thing come back together until the Holy Ghost exhales on this nation. We are spread everywhere. It's a mess, but I got a feeling the Holy Ghost just took a deep breath and he is about to blow on our land. And bone came to bone and sinew to sinew and skin came upon them. But there was no breath in them. And the prophet said it's back together, but they ain't living. And God tells the prophet again, breathe. Call on me to breathe again. Speak to the wind again. He called on the wind and the wind came again. And now what was joined together began to live. And the Bible said that it got up as a great army of the Lord. I came by to tell you, I don't see hopelessness. I don't see our nation at its end. I see our nation at its beginning. That out of this mess, there's going to be an army called the army of the Lord. All armies march by order. All armies march in harmony and unity. And I got a feeling that black people, white people, Hispanic people, Asian people are going to say enough is enough. And the Holy Ghost is going to pull up a great, great army. God is good, isn't he? And that's where we are today. It is the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost. And we preach on those things that I just talked about all the time. One place, one accord, suddenly, sound, rushing mighty wind, filled the house where they were sitting. And suddenly, they began to speak in other tongues. And we usually stop. We lay, we lay hands on people, pray they receive the power of the Holy Ghost. We dismiss and we go home and we ignore verse 5 and verse 6. We just stop. We got them filled with power. Let them go. And we never read verse 5 and verse 6. Hmm. I wonder why. Because without 5 and 6, baby, you don't get 1 through 4. Verse 5 says this. Staying in Jerusalem were God-fearing Jews. Uh-oh. From every... Nation under heaven. Wait a minute. God did not pour out the Holy Ghost till every nation was represented? God, you withheld this power until every nation was there. Oh, you study it. You do the etymology. You do it. Nations, Greek, ethnos, ethnic groups, all ethnicities. Guess what? You want Pentecost? Then you do not get to choose your own people. You want the power and the fire and the wind and the sound? Guess what? Everybody got to be involved. It ain't for white people or black people or Hispanic people or just Asian people. It's for all of us or it's for none of us. And all nations 
were present. Huh. Could that be what the prophet Isaiah saw in chapter 2 and verse number 2 when he said these words? The house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains and all nations shall flow unto it. That the house of God is a representation of all nations that do what? Flow. We don't fight. We flow. Where the Holy Spirit is present, there should always be a flow, not a force, not a fight. We're not forcing it. We're not fighting. It just fits and it flows, which means we are incomplete without every kind. Why is 10 o'clock on Sunday morning the most segregated hour in America? Why is that? Why do people flock to their kind when it's the day that we should be integrating like no other day? It's the day that we should stand up and say all nations are welcome here. Preach, Pastor Rick. Hmm. Then I thought beyond that and I started thinking about this interesting strategy of timing. <laughs> Cross, Calvary, 50 days later, Pentecost, power, 50. 50. 50 is the number of jubilee. 50. Leviticus tells us that jubilee means you are released from all of your debt. You recover everything you lost. Your land, your possessions, you get it all back. And you return to your family. Can I tell you that we've gone from a pandemic to pandemonium? Welcome to Pentecost. We have returned to our family. Somebody ought to give him praise right there. We have, this is Jubilee. This is 50. This is the day of return. This is the day of recover. This is the day of release. So I decree and declare over your life on this 50th day that you are released from everything that binds you. You are recovering everything you lost. Come in this building right now. You are recovering everything you've lost. You are released from everything that binds you. And you are returning to the place you're supposed to be. Fifty. But only ten of those fifty were in that place. Why? Because ten is the number of full circle, complete cycle, going back to the beginning. Ten days in the upper room with 120 people. Hundred is the number of promise. Abraham received his promise when he was 100 years old. Twenty is the number of waiting. 2020 we thought was the year of vision. It's the year of the virus. Tell your neighbor, but I have not lost my vision. Twenty is the number, are y'all listening to me, of waiting. David waited 20 years to inhabit the palace he was anointed to enjoy. Jacob waited 20 years for the promise that was given to him. 20 is the number of waiting. 
20 plus 20 is 40. 40 is the number of quarantine. Quarantine means 40. 40 is the number of proving, probation, and the receiving of that promise. I don't know about you all, but over the last few quarantine seasons, these last few weeks, God has proved me over and over and over again. He's, can I tell you he trusted us with this? I'm going to say, I keep saying, I'm going to say it again. The learners in this season are the leaders in the next. If you are the same somebody coming out of this that you were when you went into it, you have not moved from glory to glory and faith to faith. Why would you expect to lead when you didn't learn? Talk in the building, Pastor Rick. 40, proving, probation, promise, 2020. Whew. The Lord spoke to me very clearly this morning and said it is no accident that Pentecost falls on this day. Right in the height of this pand pandemic and pandemonium. Right in the middle of it is Pentecost. Woo, preach man. I started thinking about nationalities. I started thinking about numbers. And all these things are going through my mind. And then the Holy Ghost dropped down on me behind my desk. Can I tell you I did that? And the Holy Ghost said again, watch your language. Because we preach on all this other stuff, but we leave out verse 5 and 6. Look at it one more time, verse 6. They heard their own language being spoken. There's a miracle in the message. There's a miracle in the message. The church appeared for the first time. Coming down the stairs from the third story called the upper room. Everybody said these guys are drunk. I don't know what they're doing. But something made the people think they drunk. They did not deny they were drunk. They said, we are not drunk as you suppose. We're not intoxicated. We are inspired by the Spirit of God. In other words, there ought to be something different about people who have received power. And then it hit me. Language. They heard them in their own language. Interesting. My mind ran back to Genesis chapter 11. Where the people were building a tower for themselves. Because they were trying to get to heaven. Talking the building. And suddenly God dropped down and confused their what? Because he said if they keep talking the same way and saying the same thing, listen what God said, they can do anything they imagine. God himself was impressed with man's ability to speak the same language. I think y'all just went right over your head. God himself sat back and said, I've got to stop this. 
because they can do anything they imagine when they speak alike. What's wrong with us? Help me, guys, really. What, what happened? What happened? What happened to the church? When we speak, everyone should hear the message in their own dialect, in their own language. Which means the speaker has to say the right stuff and the listener has to want to hear what is being spoken. Which means you don't filter what is being spoken through your own paradigms of experience. Preach, Pastor Rick. Prophesy, Pastor Rick. Can I tell you, until we learn to communicate through this crisis we're in right now, we're going to still see people that do not deserve to die, die. And we're going to still see buildings being burned down because we refuse to listen. We won't sit down and... Don't tell me you understand the plight of a black man in this nation when you're a white person. You do not. You don't know what it felt like to be hosed down in the 50s and to have to go to your own bathroom that said coloreds only. You don't know that feeling because you're white. And you've been able to do whatever you wanted to do in this nation as long as you've been here. There was never no limits on you. Now to you black people, quit telling white people, speak up. And then when they speak up, you tell them, sit down. Stand up for us. So we stand up. And then you tell us, sit down, because you don't know what you're talking about. Tell us what to do. You want us to stand up? You want us to sit down? You want us to be silent? You want us to speak out? And white people quit judging black people. That's called racism. Boy, see, this is un so, so when I got right here, y'all was with me until now. But right here, this atmosphere just went. Mm. Because nobody, I don't even know how to properly talk about it, but here's the deal. I ain't scared to talk about it because one thing is true. We ain't got it right. Excuse my vernacular. We ain't got it right. If we got it right, there wouldn't be rioting and there wouldn't be a white man dressed in blue with his knee on the neck of another man murdering him in the face of an entire nation. We do not have it right. And until you stop looking at the White House and the schoolhouse and everybody else's house and start looking at your own house and God's house, we ain't never going to get it. We ain't never going to get to I don't need the White House speaking for me. I don't need teachers in a schoolhouse speaking for me. I raise my children. You are not a racist. You love all people. And don't tell your children to be colorblind. No. 
Tell him, open your eyes and realize that is not a white man with black skin. That is a black man with black skin. Love that. Talk in a building, Pastor, until we get there. I'm not asking you to be the same. Jesus did not pray in John 17, make us the same. He said, make us one. So I'm praying, God, let a church come out the upper room, please. Let a church come out the upper room that when we speak, everybody hears us like we are talking their language. And you can't talk somebody else's language with your mouth shut. And you can't hear what somebody else is trying to say with your ears closed. So what did the church look like to turn the world upside down? Every nation under heaven. Every ethnicity, nation, ethnos. Every ethnicity together in one place and the Holy Ghost falls. Whew. I will never get 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. I'll never understand it. I will never understand it. You will never tell me that that's supposed to be the most segregated hour in America with on Saturday. We got mostly black boys with football helmets on playing football with an integrated audience in a stadium and everybody's rooting for them. But on Sunday, we can't sit together in church. This nation is messed up. And until somebody gets unafraid and gets uncomfortable and says, I may not understand it all, but I want to get it right. We're trying. Until we try, we don't make a step. I better stop. I'll end it like this. If you say, Pastor Rick, are you angry? I, this, today should be a day of celebration for us. We reopened our church. But do you know I couldn't even concentrate this morning because of some of the language I see on Facebook? Watch your language. Watch what you're saying on your Facebook. Watch your language. Your language tells us where you stand. Your language tells us how you see in this thing. So are you angry, Pastor Rick? Yes. Yes, I'm a pastor, and I know I'm supposed to come in here calm and happy, and, oh, guys, it's so good to see you again, and we're so glad to be back in church. we got children's church, and Pastor Christian's here, and look at Isaiah, and everybody's back. And isn't it beautiful? Look outside here. I'm not worried about in here. I'm worried about out there. Our nation is being torn to hell and back, and we're sitting here. Acting like we're not the church. Quit letting somebody else give a language for you. Give your own language. When the Holy Spirit is in control, we speak a language that everybody can hear. When the Holy Spirit is in control, we speak a language that brings us together. 
What kind of language are you speaking? What kind of language are you using on your Facebook and on your Instagram and on everything? What kind of language is coming out of your mouth? Are you scattering or are you bringing together? Is your language a language of love or a language of hate? When you have the Holy Spirit, you should speak a language people can understand and receive from. Say it again, Pastor Rick. When you have the Holy Spirit, you should have a language that people can understand and receive from. Even if they are not your race. Watch your language. Pay attention to what you are saying non-verbally and verbally. So the Holy Spirit instructed me to do this, and I'm going to do it. He said these words to me. Speak a language that is nonverbal today. I said, okay. What do you want me to do? He said, call as many men to the platform with you that would be black and just see if they'll join you. So if you are black, would you join me on the platform? You can go up that ramp over there because you don't want to use that step the chief is about to try to use. <laughs> just go up there. If you want to, you, you're more than welcome to. Well, you were, but your legs are long, too. I was worried about Everett. <laughs> come on, guys. Just come up here. I just want you to stand behind me. Just, just stand, stand behind me, guys, right here. Just, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. This is a non, everybody's had nonverbal communication. Well, y'all ain't with me. I think somebody just got upset. Just, just chill out. Come on, guys. Just stand straight across here, shoulder to shoulder. Thank you, cuz. Shoulder to shoulder. Just shoulder to shoulder. There you go. All right. Now. I need some white men to come up here. I want you to go up that, that ramp over there. Or if you're going to do like Brad, use this step and like Jason. Oh, y'all think y'all all flexible, huh? Yeah. Y'all said cheap ain't the only one that can use that step. Come up here in front, guys. Come up here in front. All the white people. All the white guys come in front right here. All right. Just make a line, shoulder to shoulder. Stretch your hands this way, please. Now, here's what I want you to do, brothers, in the front. Randy, come up here and stand with me. It's my brother here. He's in town. going to be here for a while. Love this man. On the count of three, white men, we're going to turn around, and we're going to look at our brothers behind us, and we're going to say these words. I got you covered. All right? One, two, three. Do it. There you go. Tell them again. Make sure they hear. Got you covered. Got you back. Tell them, I got you back. I got you back. Right. Now, all the brothers in the back, say these words to the guys that are in front of you. Say these words. I got you covered. I got you covered. Now, watch this. Go right between them and just make a mosaic right here and turn this way, guys. There you go. There you go. Just there you go. Perfect. 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 Now, do you want to know? What integration looks like and what the church ought to look like. Somebody please get a picture of this right here and post that in your language. 
Put that on your Facebook. And let the world know this is what we're supposed to look like as a nation. This is what we're supposed to look like as the church. These are my brothers. Are y'all with me? Now, guys, I want you to lift your hands on this stage. Just lift. Father, I pray for an anointing to come on these men to walk out this picture, to live this picture. It's uncomfortable right now. Lord, this atmosphere is very tense in here. But help us to live this out, that we are integrated, that we understand the law of interrelated reality, that if you touch one of us, you have touched all of us. Father, let love. By this shall all men know you are my disciples, by your love, by your love, one for another. In Jesus' name. Now, guys, one more request. I want you to walk to the edge of this platform and line it all the way around. Just walk up there. Just come on, guys. Walk, come on, Thomas. Walk right up there. And when you get there, stretch your hands out over this congregation and begin to pray for them. Begin to pray for our church that God would use us as an example in this nation of what love looks like. Touch our families, God. Touch our wives and touch our children. Let us walk out what Pentecost really is. Let us walk it out. All nations under heaven. And I thank you for it. Y'all go ahead and pray for a minute, guys. I hear you praying. Lord, keep our families. Protect us. Heal our land. Forgive us of our sins and our prejudices. Forgive us of racism. Forgive us of treating each other different. Father, cleanse us from hatred and bitterness. Cleanse us and forgive us and heal us in Jesus' name. Everybody stand on your feet along with these men. Let's clap our hands and let's worship the Lord. Come on, clap those hands and give God praise. Thank you, guys. You can follow Alan that way right there. Come on, can you lift your hands, please? Let's worship him today. Let this be your prayer.
Lift those hands, please. Father, I thank you for the anointing that is resting on this house right now. An anointing of healing and reconciliation. Let it start in me. Let it start in us. In Jesus' name. This world is in a mess, but you are not of the world. I want to remind you once again, I am the same today, forever. How many of you can celebrate a woman 96, seven years old, 97 years old that still hears from God and will just pray in the spirit and tell us what the Lord is saying? Before we close, I'm going to end with this note. Guys, I told you, and I've been very transparent with you this morning, that this is probably one of the most difficult, difficult or if not the most difficult mornings I ever had to receive a word from God because it was almost impossible to concentrate because of what's going on in our nation, what we've been in. It's just a lot right now. And for a pastor preaching today, I never ask people to pray for me. I never do. But I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to ask y'all to please pray for your pastor. Because coming out of what we've been through and walking right into this, pastors are on their face begging God to speak through them. And it's a trying, trying season right now. Okay? Is that good? All right. I love you. Success to you and success to the kingdom of God. We're going to have a great week this week.